And we are live. What's going on, guys? Dennis Bermudez, Lido. How are you today? I am excellent. Thank you guys for having me. Yes. So even that, we actually go, when we do put these episodes up, I usually put them up on TapNapsNet. This is the creator right here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. The OG from back in the day. Such a small project turned into something that could have been a lot bigger than what it is now. But yes, um, it's beautiful to see how... uh, you know how that would grow. So, yes. Well, we're trying to get Menace and the Man to surpass Snap Nap. Well, we're trying to get Menace and the Man to surpass <laughs> everything. Yeah, Every- you guys are on your way, man. You know, it's 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 crazy how everything could just kind of just everything that you guys put into it, and then just to see it kind of just built from the beginning stages to where you're at now. I'm sure if you look back, you know, you guys are, are probably pretty impressed with the work that you guys have put out there. So we used to rent space. Kind of. Yeah. Look at you now, man. Oh, I don't yeah. think I, I don't think we've ever actually looked back. <laughs> you I, should. I think we it's should. Important. Yeah, we I should. Think we should. Like, I, I think, it, I think it's like important. Career, but like what we've done so far, I'm like, yeah. Bro, you don't even really look back on your fighting career too much. I feel menace. Maybe in your head. You do. I, rem- I reminisce with you. Yeah, we not not even so much. Every now and then, you give little tidbits, but. Lido was yeah. someone. Lido was someone who was there for a lot of it. Like Lido, how we, I know you since we were little kids, little leagues. Yeah. How we first met, growing up in the same town. But then Menace, you walked into Long Island MMA one day, same as Menace, same as myself, and we all met up again. And so even um, I was like, Lido, are you my brother? <laughs> we did look a lot alike. You know, people did start asking that question. I just didn't have the good hair like you did back then. Yes, your hair is better than mine. Uh, you know. Letting it grow out a little bit. I mean, Stan's got the. Uh, it looks like. What do you, What do you got back there? Yeah, I got. T- no, Stan. Oh, I, that is. I had. Oh, it, I tied it up this week because last week I just had it all fucked up. I look like a Karen. I had like a Karen <laughs> hair. Like, when you've I've known never seen someone, your hair that long. Yeah, when you've known someone that looks kind of like Lido. He's like clean cut, shaven, and then you see him like a year, year and a half later, and then they look like Stan. Like they gained weight, have a full beard, long hair. Like what happened to you? Uh, <laughs> like you're a mess. Yeah. Are you good, Buzz? Yeah, no, I'm yeah, a mess. And he's a, he's here. He's alive. That's always a plus. But yes, total mess, Lido. I retired from training. That's even somewhere where I'm sure you shared a lot of time with Menace. I shared a lot of time with you. You build like a bond with someone once you train with them, where it's like we're, we're cool forever. I, I 100% agree. I can't tell you uh, just how important that time, that time training really was to me. And it's something that, you know, a lot of guys that know, you know, it was just a, an opportunity that came up, you know, this promotional jam coming up. And I really had to make that decision. And prioritize because at the end of the day, I didn't think I would go pro fighting, but I really did enjoy, uh, you know, training with really the best of the best. And everyone in there ended up, you know, doing incredible things within the, the fighting world, you know, including Menace, you know. And uh, obviously with you, like the only thing I, I always felt that held you back was the injuries, you know. Yeah, I was going to say I, I didn't do anything, but. He drank too much soda. Yeah. His bones were brittle. Listen, I'd never seen a guy just come in with a big gulp crush it and then just get in there and just start just beating everyone it was amazing like it, really like it, was. Was, like it was like some yeah. kind of like performance string like, <laughs> like what do you got now what it no no big yeah it's like thing. what right. what hampered me was warm up no i just i got caffeine right here this big thing <laughs> i didn't warm up 
I smoked a lot of weed and I drank a lot of soda. That was my training <laughs> regimen. The thing out of that was you smoking weed, probably. <laughs> yeah, but Lido was in there, a, a legend, if you will, in the gym. Everyone remembers Lido's Kimura cuff. No, I love that. I love that man. That was my go-to. Something that really translated, uh, you know, in my profession too. So yes, that's something where I was going to segue that to is like you uh, stopped training a little bit for the promotion and you started getting the higher higher and higher ranking as in the police force. So you started, what's the rankings go from? You start as like a patrolman. Yes. And then uh, the next step would be sergeant. And then after that, lieutenant. And then uh, captain, where I'm at now. And now. And everything else after that is discretionary. So there's no more tests. So now those are written tests, right? Yes. So you put time in and then you're allowed to take the written test or are you allowed to take that written test from the jump? No, you got to, I think, I believe it's three years. You have to have three years uh, street time before you're eligible to take the sergeant exam. And then five years for that first promotion. Yes. And, and then, then uh, you got to be two years in the rank uh, for each rank after that. So now let's take it back to days when you were on the street. I guess, what would that be? Walking a beat, as the cops say? Yeah, that or pushing a, a sector car. Patrolling, yeah, pushing a sector car. Right. In those days when you had to like really get out of the car, walk the streets, interact with people, jiu-jitsu, I'm sure helped your confidence, right? Or were there ever instances where you had to use your training? I mean, 100%. I mean, when you talk about the confidence level, and it's something that I'm really trying to instill in my kids now. You know, I got my oldest daughter. I got her into wrestling. Uh, even my younger one, and then my my little guy, he's five years old now. I really want to get him into wrestling, just some sort of martial arts discipline. And uh, just in this day and age, you know, now things are a lot different growing up and just the confidence builder alone, you know, just getting out there. And there's been numerous incidents where, you know, it's, it's a lot of hand-to-hand stuff that could happen out there. I mean, it's obviously, it's a very tough profession. Um, you know, a lot of noble people do do it. We deal with, uh, you know, the best and the worst of society. A lot of the times when people call us, it's not you know, to see how we're doing and stuff like that. It's because they have an issue that we need to take care of. Um, you know, so there's been plenty of incidents where, you know, the, the guy or the whoever it is that we're looking to either arrest or, you know, get them, you know, the medical attention or whatnot, and they're kind of refusing, but we know they need it. And, you know, they can be either be bigger, they may look stronger, stuff like that. And that's where that training, the years of training kind of kicked in. And I knew I had the confidence really to get in there after training with, you know, the, the really the best of the best uh, back in Long Island MMA at my time doing training. And that really just gave me the confidence to know that I can handle myself in the street. I've always worked in like the quote unquote tougher neighborhood. So, so let's back up a little bit. Cause Stan just, he just, you know, he's supposed to just be changing cameras. I'm on the interview right here. You're not, you're, <laughs> you're not asking uh, questions. No, I'm, I'm kidding. No. So, you got into Long Island MMA before you you became a police officer, or you were a police officer then came in Long Island MMA. Yes, and yes. you got to Long Island, Long Island MMA because you were a fan of the sport, because you thought it'd be good for work, you want to get in shape, or like a combination of all of that. It was it was really a combination of all of that, and I remember it was back in I want to say 2010. Uh, you know, I was kind of looking for a school. Uh, training, uh, uh, you know, to, to see where I could, you know, start picking up because, you know, I didn't really have martial arts training uh, back then. I took some boxing lessons here and there, but nothing crazy. You know, and we all have gotten to street fights, stuff like that. But 
you know, it, some it, more it than really than others, right, Stan? Right. Yeah. Well, even <laughs> you, you were um, an athlete. You didn't you? You played collegiate baseball, right? Yes. So, yeah. So you that's that's uh, a sport uh, that demands yeah, you to be I've, a solid. I've athlete. always played. I've always been in sports my whole life. Uh, but you know, when I and I was already twenty five years old at the time, uh, and I was actually Ryan LaFleur. You know, I. I I think I may have posted something on Facebook and uh, Ryan actually reached out to me and he said he was opening up in the school and, and just a few months from the time that I made that posting. And, uh, you know, for me, that was an no-brainer. I, I waited, I think it opened that December or January. Um, and then that just kind of, you know, took off from there. So The original Long Island MMA, that first yes. academy. Oh, yeah. And that, like, you know, it wasn't the most members. It was a nice little small space. And just to even see that um, just grow into what it became, you know, it was just a beautiful thing. It really was. Do you remember your exact date walking in Menace? Roughly? Um, I know I, I got in there like two, three weeks, four weeks max before I went on to the Ultimate Fighter show. Yeah, because I think uh, you were like the first run of people, Lido. You, Mike Kuhn was with you, right? Around that same yeah, time? Yeah, we were like the first sign the first like original sign-ups, I believe. It was $100 membership? Yep. Yes. Yeah. You so just- I remember, um, you know, you're in – Training for a while, I watched you get better, and then you you came in with a story about how like you used jujitsu to like subdue a dude without anybody getting really hurt. You didn't get hurt. He had to go with you, or unless you wanted to break his arm type deal. Go take us back memory lane. Go there. Allegedly, so that, that actually, <laughs> I actually remember that. Uh, actually, telling you that story, and I remember the exact incident I, I just remember the guy kind of squaring up um and i'm like listen you know let's just let's just be gentlemen it's going to hospital you're not in any type of trouble we got the whole f you this that i'm not going anywhere i'm like listen either you, you go or we gotta put you in coffee he's like i'd like to see you try and before he knew that i had already double legged him and literally went into like a kimura went and put his arm behind his back before he knew it he was coughing and he had no idea he wasn't injured i wasn't injured he his whole demeanor changed because he's like, all right, this guy knows what he's doing. And it was like it was incredible. I remember that feeling. And I remember telling guys like, look, you know, just join something, do something. And to this day, I tell my my cops, like, you know, the importance of training, because really it's your it's your life out there. And, you know, the more training and uh, opportunities that you give yourself off the job. Because, you know, not necessarily during the job, we don't really have those opportunities. And some of it may be logistics. So there's so many people. But, uh, you know, it, it really would behoove people to go upon, you know, take it upon themselves and, and train. And really, it's, it's for their, you know, for a number of reasons, but more so they're out there doing the dangerous work. And everyone wants to go home at the end of the day, safe and sound. Yeah, because I know some some successful, rich, whatever you want to call them, people have told me, like, invest in yourself first. You know, so, like, there's been times where – yeah, like in here when I was training, I got all this workout equipment because I was investing in my training for fighting. I could go to the gym for free and work out there, but I don't know. It was just something about having my own stuff and be able to maybe work out an extra time, you know. And even with work now, like I've, I haven't done it just because they have these weird protocols, like it has to be issued by or 
or approved by the academy, whatever. But like, there's gear I can buy that's better than the gear that I have, but it has to get approved, whatever. So that's why I haven't done it. Um, but people are like, you'll buy that? Like, if it makes my job easier or safer, like, it's investing in myself. Same thing with, you know, police officers signing up for jujitsu or wrestling, like, investing in yourself, like, you know, make you make it safer for you if you get in the hand-to-hand combat to know what you're doing, you know? Right now, and it, it just very recently, we had, uh, you know, an issue where there was an officer requesting assistance, uh, you know, and he was on the eighth floor of a very, you know, I think it was like maybe a 15, 16-story building calling for additional units. It turns out that he was struck with the lamp and the fight was on, and it was just two cops to start. And it was a whole melee. So now, obviously, when cops hear that, they drop everything they're doing and they get there as quickly and safely as possible. So I get there not too long after everyone, there's a mess of cars already there. I go there and, uh, you know, my my profession uh, isn't necessarily the the healthiest. You know, there's a lot of stress, you know, there's a lot of work hours and a lot of people kind of use that as an excuse not to, I wouldn't say a lot, but some people use that as an excuse to do nothing and they become out of shape. You know, they come overweight, things like that. So, you know, this guy's waiting for the elevator. And at this point, what are you waiting for an elevator for? Like you need to get to the eighth floor and this is why we train. I myself ran up there, eight flights, we get there, you know, they they end up getting the guy into custody, but you know, the next day it kind of, you know, it didn't sit well with me and it's really, it's my officers. And, you know, I take a lot of pride. I still, you know, train weight training. I'm not necessarily in an MMA gym anymore. And I miss it every day, believe me. But, um, you know, I did set up a nice little uh, weight training gym in my garage and it's something that I still hit, you know, three, four times a week. And it's important to me. And I lead by example, I expect people to at least try I don't want people coming up to me with the excuses. Oh, you know, the job, this, that, and the other, because we all go through it. We got families, we got everything else, but I don't use that as an excuse not to work out. And again, it's really, it's your life. And if you've ever been in a fight for two, three minutes, when you're expecting backup, you know, it's one of those things where I don't know if I told these guys, like, look to your left, look to your right. Like uh, these are the people that are going to come to your assistance you know, we need to be each other's biggest supporters. We need to tell, you know, whatever it is, it's that tough love. Listen, get in the gym, you know, start eating better, get some sleep, you know, really manage the stress levels, things like that. So, you know, that's one of the things that I really push. Um, you know, I'm, I'm relatively young guy, still I'm 35 years old. Uh, I take my, my health and my, my fitness really serious when it comes to stuff like that. So I hate seeing things like that. Um, but yeah, it, it, the training definitely is very important. So. So, you got to really invest in yourself uh, first before you can help others. So, is it real? Sorry, Stan, because my younger brother, like I said earlier, military police officers are in the same. I would like to say the same realm. No. Yes. Yes. I mean, military. Um, I held way above me, but that's just me. I, I feel like those are the best of the best. I have the highest, utmost respect for our military members. Yeah. He, uh, they have like scheduled like workout time. Is that something that the police officers have or? Um, it depends on the, on the agency. I can tell you, uh, my agency really doesn't. I mean, a lot of guys that are into fitness, really they'll on their you know meal time, 
they will go in there, they will hit the gym, or they'll go in early, or they'll stay late. You have a gym available, though, yes. like on your premise? And our our gym, you know, uh, I won't mention the location, but our gym is actually a very top-notch. It was just redone a couple of years ago, and, uh, you know, it really – uh, they brought in all new equipment. They put up new mirrors, new flooring, everything. So they really made it uh, really nice awesome. and, and open and welcome. Um, when I went to the FBI National Academy, I spent 10 weeks down there in Chronicle, Virginia. And, uh, you know, shout out to, to, to those people. But they, uh, you know, I really learned a lot about how other agencies train. And, you know, where some agencies, they really excel others, um, you know, they not, I wouldn't say use the word fail, but they're lacking. Um, and I think a lot of that, um, you know, with an agency like mine, the logistics of it, you know, you have about approximately 35,000 members, give or take. It's very hard to really have training time allotted. That's why we always push. Like, listen, get take it upon yourself. Find the gym off duty. Or I can come in, to work an hour out. early, work out, yeah. shower, take my shift. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. that's awesome. Yes. So we live in this weird world now, Lito, where defund the police became like a thing or a slogan or something that like with I'm going to say it stupid people, it caught fire. Like, I don't think that's the answer at all. So obviously, if any type of situation does happen, the answer would always be better understanding or better training. Am I right? It wouldn't be cancel something and let you know chaos happen so if like anything more money right <laughs> like yeah so like you know and and obviously this has been a year like no other right um you know you had a couple incidents that sparked you know protests around the nation and you know what what i say is really more personal opinion i'm not you know uh, i'm not speaking on behalf of any department or anything like that but you know i did work a lot of these protests i mean the very first night that it hit New York City, uh, my commanding officer was severely injured, took a brick to the mouth, lost some teeth. Um, it was a it was a wild night, and I remember it was something something much different because when I was driving down to the location, uh, I just see things that were on fire. So I'm like, oh, this is uh, this is something different, you know. Um, but I guess it, it really since then and really through the summer, and this summer has been very crazy. And I, you know, when it comes to the defund the police crowd, it really depends on who you speak to because the definition is always kind of different. Um, you know, I've, I've spoken to many community members um, and I can tell you that the overwhelming majority of the community that I work for are very supportive. Um, when it comes to defunding, you know, there's different meanings for different things. I take it as they want to take funding from the police and put it into other agencies so that uh, the police really isn't taxed with uh, as many things as, you know, such as mental health, like one of the things people always you know, take on. Um, so, you know, I don't take any personal uh, gripe or vendetta when people say, you know, defund the police. If you feel that way, you know, there's a reason for it. We can agree to disagree. That's the beauty of this country. We don't all have to think the same. Bro, that's, but that's like an act of war, like menace. If someone threw – if your neighbor threw a brick and it hit you in the face – like, are you going to be like, that was peaceful? I understand his gripe. Like, that's you know, some... I, yeah, you, you, I shouldn't have... I shouldn't have grown this flower over here between our lawns. Yeah, like, what did I do? Just doing your job. Like, that's well, insane the thing to... Is, like, um... And that's probably only one instance. I'm sure there were a lot of instances like that where... Like, that guy, granted, 
whatever, you're against the police, you're for the police, that's his job. He was could have just been standing there. It's not like he was sitting there with a bullhorn or ordering tear gas or doing something like right. that, and he got hit with a brick. Like, right. I, just, I just don't get, like, in these riots, how someone could just come up and yell in your face whatever they want. It's just like you have to stand there like a British soldier. Well, you've seen cool. the peaceful, I'm sure, Lido. There is there is yeah. peaceful protests yes. going on, but then they have their signs. They have their little, you know, their thing. They're keeping their distance. They're like, on a little piece of land. The only whatever. the only thing the news really covered was Soho. Was anywhere else looted, or just that area in Soho? Um, that was that was probably the hardest hit uh, area. I was working on the Brooklyn side that night. Um, the radio did sound crazy i never made it over to the manhattan side because i worked on the brooklyn side but um just hearing hearing the mayhem um and it's something that we really i don't think you know i was speaking to to a lot of guys that have been doing this way longer than i have um it's something that we really haven't experienced here in new york city i mean you see riots in other parts of the country you think it could never happen in new york city but it did um, you know, when it's going back to uh, Menace's point about, you know, standing there as, uh, you know, like British soldiers or whatnot. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're professionals. We're held, held to a higher standard. Um, I always tell my guys, look, you know, people are upset. They're protesting. They have the right to pro- protest. It's a First Amendment right. We believe in, in the Constitution. And uh, there are a lot to stop do you for one second? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Like, let's say I go on Times Square. It's just me. Two cops are sitting there, which there always is a cop, two cops or a couple cops. And, and I'm just like, yeah, da, 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 da. like a year ago, he'd be like, you're on arrest. Like, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, it depends on, on the, uh, the situation. I wouldn't necessarily say you're under arrest, but a lot of, you know, a lot of instances we've had people come up and, you know. Uh, like I was right. Like. I'm going to say a lot of this is just like you're raised by animals, I guess. Like if my father found out I was at a raid, like spitting in cop spaces and like throwing shit, he would whoop my ass. Yeah. Like imagine going home and being like, dad, I hit the fucking police commissioner. Like, yeah, you should have saw it. He was bleeding. I like, hit the police commissioner in the face with a brick. You should be, you're proud, right? You know, like what, what kind of so family you come a from? lot of a lot of conversations I've had with members of the community. And like I said, I, I've I can tell you, I think, you know, personal opinion. I think the media has really blown a lot of this and lit the fire under a lot of uh, the quote unquote uh, police versus the world type of dispute or whatever you want to call it. Um, the overwhelming community that I've dealt with. And again, I've worked in some tough neighborhoods and I still do. Uh, are very supportive and we had a community meeting uh, in the middle of summer and you know we had a great conversation everyone was open and honest and you know i, I think the room was unanimous agreement that you know it really does start in a home discipline in the home and teaching the kids the right way and teaching them about respect and it really goes on to um you know, other, other things. There's a, it's a multifaceted issue. It's not just, you can't just blame the police for everything that's wrong. Just like I can't blame any other profession for anything that's wrong. You know, there's a lot of, lot of issues, people, you know, it could, it could be based off personal experience. It could be, you know, uh, I know personal friends that have, have had dealings with the police that haven't gone that way. I've had dealings with police that haven't gone great. You know, it's not like, 
you know, we are all perfect. Nobody's perfect. If anyone tells you they're perfect, they're, they're lying to you. Um, but I really feel like just, uh, you know, listening to each other and understanding and, and really truly understanding and not just listening to, you know, oh yeah, whatever. And then, you know, you get your points across and, and stuff like that, but really trying to hear what the other person's saying and feeling and, and really that empathy aspect and seeing, all right, if I went through that too, then I could understand. And I think if it went the other way as well, then we'd actually get somewhere with this. Yeah. I'm going to disagree, I think. But uh, what I'm having a hard time with is like an officer, a fucking retarded officer kills on purpose or accidentally kills somebody, whatever, whether he's a good civilian or not, right? People go crazy. And then they just start destroying like everything. But it's like, let's say if a police officer killed my brother, like, what precinct does he live in? Like, yeah, destroy that. Not saying go destroy, but like, I, I would see you either finding out where that guy lives and destroying his house or destroying like who employs him versus like fucking everywhere. Like, that's like I, the I, definition of shit where you eat, right? Yes. And, and I agree 100% with you. And I think a lot of people have channeled their anger towards certain situations and maybe utilize that uh, incident, you know, to kind of flip the narrative and, and make it into something. And then it just An completely nobody. Shit. Yeah. And then nobody remembers, uh, you know, pretty much why people are upset in the first place, you know? Now, yeah. I, I've had. I've had conversations with pro- for protesters. Some of them can't even answer why it, they're protesting. Exactly. They're it, there because it, everyone's out. So. It's the media and the easily influenced that yes. almost like you'll be surprised. There's so many people out there that are probably loners or just want to be a part of something that they're like, oh, my God, I'm into I'm into this. There's a crowd gathering and hang on, Stan. Here's here's another thing I'll throw a wrench I'll throw in there is like COVID. You're not allowed to do shit. Oh, shit. There's a gathering over here. People getting wild. They got some beers going. They're getting fucking riled up, and they're gonna throw shit. Like, I'll hide in the back and throw some shit too. Like, sick. That hand. I'm not kidding. That actually sounds like an awesome time to me. I used to love going to like abandoned buildings and like breaking windows from like. <laughs> Again, I think uh, you know. There's there's a lot of things that people are, I think are just frustrated with the way this year has gone. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that have led up to where we've gotten. Again, I can't point to one specific incident or another, but yeah. it's a combination. And people are just frustrated Dying at this up. point. They see what's going on. <laughs> so one thing that's like picking and choosing. One thing that the media, you can never know what's true and what's not, but they kind of like let out or like I've seen news articles about it. But what was like the police stance when all these protests, riots were going on? Like. Or the the looting, if you will. Like I remember seeing reports that you guys were told to stand down, or told to let it play, like let it play out till it dies down, or something like that. Or like, what- yeah, I mean, I, I refuse to believe that that ever happened. Um, and I think when uh, the Minnesota incident happened, but you have heard, you have heard this, right? I've I've heard reports, but one of the things that I learned through all this is, uh, you know, kind of just unplugging from the whole social media. Uh, aspect, you know, I haven't been on, it's on radio too. Well, well, even my yeah. question is like, what was the NYPD stance during that time? Were you guys yeah. were were the people who were anyone who rioted Soho? Were people arrested? 
There were numerous arrests that night. I couldn't tell you a number, but there were numerous that, people right? that were arrested. Numerous. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. The news didn't cover that because they had no, to, I guess. You know, and, and really the, the department made an official statement, came out and denounced the, what happened in Minnesota and, all, and other parts of the country. You know, when, when, when you know, things are wrong, it, the department calls it out. And it was one of those things where, you know, regardless, I think, of what our stance would have been, people wouldn't want to hear it at the time because of the emotions, you know, and emotions are high, rationale is low. So it's like, you know, you have that scale, you know, emotions are high, people aren't going to want to hear it. You really got to deescalate, bring everything down and then really have that conversation with people. Oh, for sure. Hey. Pro of the con, right? The con being people writing, like the police force is able to get like overtime, like no one's business. You guys need like all hands on deck, like all the time. Yeah, I mean, uh, those times were crazy. I remember that month alone. Uh, I don't even know if I went home that month. Like, that's well, how yeah, much we tried were. to get you on when it, it was like yeah. hot. You're like, dude, I can't yeah. even fucking. At some point, like it was, it was like literally like the, all the days meshed together. Um, you know, I, I just didn't even know what day it was anymore. And it was just a lot of craziness going on. I think we got hit with a lot of things from different angles at the same time. And it really was, you know, a time of adversity for the department, just like any other uh, agency, military organization. We're, we're very resilient. So it's, you know, we weathered the storm. We're kind of stabilizing now. We're just working to, you know, building those relationships and really just, you know, people that are really upset and stuff like that. And truly, truly upset for the right reasons. We really try to understand and try to make things better. Oh, and so I, I came across this meme. Well, wait, we've, we've been trying to, we've been trying to link this up for a minute. Yeah. Trying to organize yeah. this. No, I, I, I remember. And I always felt bad, man. I really did. Like wow. it was always like, you know, I didn't really have a steady schedule at the time. Like now, you know, I'm a little more steady. Uh, and then today I knew yesterday you know, when, when Menace reached out, you know, I knew yesterday was a bad day, but today I'm like, you know what? I'm leaving at this time. I don't want to hear anything. I'm leaving. I got something to do. We were so like, really wanted to, we, know, had, we, wanted we had a lot of times where we were like, Dana White, could you do Monday? He was like, no. We were like, Lido, could you do Monday? You were like, no. We were like, what the fuck are we going to do? We, we can't get none of these uh, guys. You put me in the same conversation with Dana White. That's uh, that's crazy. Bro, you were in there. You're an important guy, you know, uh, a high-ranking official in the – I would say you, when you're a captain, that almost makes you uh, – you're a government official. You're That's high-ranking enough. Like how far – how much further can you go in your I – mean, Really, sky's the limit at this point. But uh, you know, it, it, everything's based off merit. So, it's how, how many? How, how many? How many more levels are there to go up? There's commission. What's above there's captain? De- there's deputy. There's deputy inspector. Is the next level. Then uh, inspector, which my commanding officer was promoted to today. And then you have uh, chief. So, and then you have different levels of chief. You had a one, two, and three star. So, at, at what point is Lido Gill making decisions like you know? All police are trained by Dennis Bermudez and Henzo Gracie. That would be an amazing, amazing thing. But, uh, you know, it, that would take a long time. Uh, when when you get to those levels, the, the job, you know, really becomes you. Uh, and that's something that I don't know if I'm really, uh, you know, well, I'm not saying Once that. Once your kids go off to college, you'll be ready. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's, I don't know what's in store for me. Like, you know, I, I just I'm here to work. I'm here to just do the best job that I personally can to have the best impact that I can for not just my cops, but the community that I work for. And then, you know, just kind of see where that takes me. man. Like, I, I don't have any ceiling right now. 
you know, I didn't, I didn't make it to this level to stay dormant. So, I mean, you know, I'm here now, uh, you know, I'm relatively young. Like I said, there's not many that are, you know, my age at this level. So we're kind of, we'll see what, what the, what the department has in store for me. So I'd imagine you're very young for your position, right? Yeah. I'm one of the younger ones. I'm 35. So, uh, you know, generally when you make captain, you're within that 15 to 20 years of service, uh, mark. And I made it just before my 12 years. So I made it pretty quick. So now a, a captain, though, that's a desk job, more or less. Like you're not, are you still walking the streets at all? Uh, for the most part, it's, it's, it's administrative. I, I mean, I do get out there. Uh, you know, I, I do ride around maybe like an hour or two a day just to see what it's looking. Uh, anything needs more attention than others, things like that. But uh, it's, it's majority, it's an administrative position. But when shit was going down, you were in a car. Oh, yeah, I was out there. Oh, I was out there. I was down in the protest area. We had our own protest to deal with. And uh, like I said, I work in a, a very uh, tough neighborhood and we the shootings went went through the roof. Um, you know, and it was something that, you know, we look at it. It, it was it got, we got hit pretty hard in such a short period of time. So aren't I they a lot aren't they up right now? I remember reading that recently that they're up like uh, uh, yeah, we're up a lot. Uh, I can tell you the percentage. I know, you know, with with my precinct, uh, my command alone, you know, we had. 51 total shootings last year in 2019 and right now we're at 92 and we still have about five weeks left in the year so we've almost doubled our number from last year so that kind of paints a picture of how crazy this year has been and yeah. like you said in well i'm not going to put the words in your mouth but like a lot of people say and we say it here all the time it's all the media it's all the media stirring this pot up like everyone can just chill and not fucking go crazy every time something I, happens or the way the media spins something. What menace? Yes, Stan. Yes, the media. But like, let's say you're driving your car and you see like seven cop cars on one car and you pass that. You're like, dude, I can indefinitely speed for like another like 10 miles before I kind of slow down. There might be a cop, right? Wait, say that again. Say that that last like part. Like when you're driving on on the throughway or whatever or whatever Southern State, you see like seven cop cars at an accident or what or someone pulled over, and you're like, oh, all the cops are here. They're not worried about me. Like, woo, like you can <laughs> you can book it for like another you know ten miles before you're like, all right, there might be. I'm in a new <laughs> a new area where I might gotta slow down. Right, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how long Allen is as far as resources. I, I can tell you, New York City, there's, there's cops everywhere. So, you know, and it's so oh, you can't some go that fast as lights. Anyways, yeah. My point being, so like, Lito, do you listen to Hot ninety seven? Uh, not anymore. It's been a long time. It's Yo, long time I, I recently me. just had to stop, especially when shit was going down, because they, they were like, they're, they were talking amongst each other, like, man, like. Crime's gone up. Like, man, we can't stop shooting each other. Da, 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 da. And then a police officer calls up. He didn't reveal his name. And he's like, hey, man, like, uh, yeah, I work for NYPD. And, uh, like, the reason why, you know, crime's gone up is because, like, when something happens, we're kind of told not to, to kind of look the other way. And he was like, what? Like, what my, what my do? He's like, you know, like, because if we – Put any kind of, you know, resistance to anybody, like, we lose our jobs. Like, I got kids to feed and shit. Like, he's like, 
you don't think, you know, there's like a happy medium. You can, you know, like not saying you should look the other way, but like you should, you know, and the guy had to like instantly like backpedal because all the guys from Hot 97 were like on him. Like they couldn't even like fathom like what this guy was saying. He had to like backpedal like, no, yeah, like I think you're right. I think there's a happy medium, you know, but like, dude. Like, for example, like what you did like back in the day, like you might be in court now for because he said like. And you know what the craziest thing is? If you train jujitsu for a few years, you get to this level with a rear naked choke that you could choke someone out and you're like, all right, he's good. You're not going to go, oh, I'm fucking killing this guy. And they now have outlawed that move instead of going. We know from jiu-jitsu being proven as, along with wrestling, getting it to the ground, the most effective art, this shit works. This shit is the most effective. Like, so why wouldn't we get better at it and train it more as opposed to outlawing it and get almost, now granted, people have died from it, not trying to discredit that, but taking away a weapon from police that could almost save their life. Like, so you're telling me... And save both lives. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Like, if I'm so going to... The gun could save his life, but yeah. like not the other Like, guys. you could you know, be... You know what it is? I think, and, and and Dennis, I think you could probably relate to it in saying, obviously, but Dennis, you you went pretty far uh, in the professional MMA. Uh, you did a lot of great things, um, but I'm sure you've come across people with the stereotype of you being an MMA fighter. Oh, this guy's a brute or this, that, and the other, right? So you have these stereotypes that you're dealing with. And when it comes to, you know, our profession, you know, you people have similar stereotypes. Meanwhile, you are one of the most trained martial artists in the world and you know what you are capable of. You know when you can go where you don't hurt someone. You hurt someone if you need to, but you're not hurting anyone. And that's where, you know, in the beginning of our discussion, when it comes to training and stuff like that, that's where it's really important because not only the training aspect where guys are learning what they can and cannot do, how they can safely bring people down, but they're also learning that it's really not as bad as people make it out to be. You know, people have these stereotypes like, oh, this guy, you know, he's a jiu-jitsu fighter. Like, I still have a little bit of cauliflower and people look at They always look at me funny. It's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this guy's a trained fighter, this, that, and the other. Like, oh, he'll choke you out. And it's like, that's not what it's about, you know. And it's just like what Dennis just said. It's like you're giving people skills that are really – it's going to keep both parties safe. And it's really going to save someone, you know, both hopefully both people's lives. But it's, it's going to save lives, proper training. And that's where I always push and I advocate for more training. And our training uh, department has gotten so much better. They've recruited the right people. you got people that have achieved – very high uh, ranks in the jiu-jitsu world that work in the police academy. Um, and, you know, they're solely starting uh, with the new recruits and stuff and kind of pushing that the, the grappling and the, uh, the MMA aspect. Whereas, you know, when I went to the police academy or through the police academy almost 14 years ago, it was kind of like, you know, a week of grappling and boxing and it was just kind of, that's it, you're out, you're on your own, so... Yeah, like if you're trained, your confidence is going to be up. You're way less likely to reach for your gun. You're going to be like, all right, as long as he doesn't reach for my gun, I'm just going to have to tie this guy up real quick. Like there should be like a pay grade with that. Like, oh, you're a black belt? Like, all right, that's like, I don't know, five grand extra a year. Even though it's way more than that, just someone would be like, whoa, I can make five extra grand a year from a black belt. 
Well, even Menace. You know, I, I think. I think. It's. Yeah, money. Money shouldn't be the main motivator for people. I understand that, but like five grand for a full year is like pennies. Yeah, but right? I just think people need to take their their lives into like they're training for them. It's not like, and, and that's one of the issues. Like you know, when it comes to like money and stuff like that, and people get motivated by money, they're not doing it for the right reasons. You know, so it's like because there are a lot of gyms that will be like Long Island MMA. You're a police officer, you get a discounted rate. Right. And I think that's It's great. And a lot of people don't take advantage of that for one one reason or another, whether it's because they don't feel like it, because it's laziness, because they pride. use excuses to do pride, you know, like they don't want to go in there. And, and I remember I had, I had no idea. And I'm going against kids that were much more. I mean, they're wrapping me up like a pretzel. I'm like, holy shit, I really need to humble myself and really learn. And that's really how I got myself. Better. You know, it's like, it's really, uh, you know, the MMA uh, training that I received, it it, 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 it was incredible. I can't even describe how big that was for me. Yeah, the confidence is so game-changing, I feel. Once you know what you're doing even a little bit, you're not, especially if you're a cop, you're going to be less likely to use deadly force on somebody. And I could definitely agree with that. I mean, you get into the situations a lot of the times where it's like, like, Damn, it's, it's just you and I. It's just you, you got to – For me to come down and yeah. train like – If you know mount a neon belly, if you know how to take someone's back, release a rear naked choke when they're subdued or done, or you know neon belly and mount, you're good to go. Like you could neon belly and hold a perp down as your right. partner comes and flips them over, gets the cut. Like there's so many – you can control right. people. But yes, like Menace was saying. More, they, training thing? Go ahead. Should we put again? together our own training thing and sell it? That'd be some. That'd be that'd be pretty awesome. Like you know where you. you need them to be. I'd be like, all right. So this is how I'd get them there. Yeah, you know that's something that we can definitely talk about. I yeah, have no problems with that. I think that would be, you know, I think that would be tremendous. You know, is that in Lido's pay grade to set something up where we get menace in there, showing some cops some moves to protect themselves on the street? That's streets? something. I'm I mean, saying I, even I, if me and Lido make a video that could be used. Oh, okay. That's what you were getting yeah. at. Absolutely. Cause I, yeah, I definitely, you know, I got to look at the, the whole logistics because there's certain things I told you guys, like I can and cannot do. Yeah. But if I get the approval for it, I would a hundred percent be down with that. And, you know, coming from the, the position and influence that you have and then what I have now in the department, maybe people will see that and be like, you know what? I, I can, I can see it. This guy's taking it serious. Like I see what they're doing and it's something that, you know, just to spark that interest to get them just their foot in the door. I, I believe once they get their foot in the door, they're going to get hooked. It's just what MMA does. And they have so I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Wait, Menace, I was going to say co- coming next month, NYPD videos with Ronda Rousey. Because <laughs> 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 uh, hang on, Stan says it. Cause I've sent a few ideas to UFC. And then, like, for example, I'm like, yo, you guys should have Jan, um Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon show. He's from my town. Like, I fight for you guys. He's from my town. I think it'd be awesome. Like, two weeks later, Ron Rousey was on there. And wow. I also said something about, like, dude, I'm a fucking sick dancer. You guys should get me on. Sick of Dance of the Stars. <laughs> like, a month later, Paige Van Zandt's on there. I'm like, is this, uh, is it irony? Or they were like, nah. <laughs> Like, so Dennis is here. Let's put, like, a, one of our main stars up there. Yeah. Listen, I still – you're a star in my eye, bud. You really are. So, Lito, did you – no fights anymore, right? 
No, wa- you don't even watch. You haven't even even been able to watch them anymore. I, I, this 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 year has been like like I said, no other. Um, you know, I really when I'm off, I really try to focus and spend that time with the family. And even, I owe it to them, especially what you, what, after everything that we've done. What are you at now? Three kids? Yeah, three kids. You know, it's uh, You're done. I'm done. No, no, no more. No more. That's it. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where I really had to, because I spent so much time, uh, you know, getting to where I'm at today. And, and you know, uh, you guys know, especially Dennis, you know what it takes to be there. Like, you really have to do this 24-7. You got to train when nobody else is, you know, training yeah. or the other guys are training. Like, you really have to go that extra effort and to get Do something that like- you've never had. You got to, you know, you got to do things you never did. That's it, man. You got to get to that next level. So, Okay. So Stan, you see our our boy over here, Lito, doing like strongman shit. Like, what do you? I see him the, lifting. Yeah, I see him club? lifting. <laughs> so it, it's funny how I got into that. I mean, uh, you know, I was having like little like uh, nagging injuries here or there, uh, and I met uh, this this kid who's incredible, 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 just a strong, strong dude. And I was telling him just we were just talking about training, and he kind of set me up with a program, and I just started just lifting heavier and heavier. I got stronger. Uh, a lot of those nagging injuries kind of went away, and I just kind of, you know, with that addictive personality, like I always applied the MMA training when I was doing it to, you know, my the promotional exams into the job to where it got me today. And now I'm just kind of putting that into the gym, and that gym really is a release for me. It's that my time to kind of get away from everything. You know, you talk about mental. Uh, health and mental wellness stuff like that i really when i'm in there man i'm just in a different world and just to to push my body to that max and you know that's really that's why i got into it now i've I've, you know that that's pretty much it on that so so even here a little out there question or mental health question so like with military obviously they're in a little bit heavier shit they'll experience ptsd I could almost see because of the anxiety of the situation, especially being a cop in Brooklyn or Manhattan, these highly populated, potentially some areas, highly crime. There's got to be some like your anxiety. It's got to play with your nerves a little bit, if you will. Right. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it's just I mean, I wouldn't compare it to the military because the military sees all this stuff, but you really see some of the most messed up things. It's similar. It, the military and, obviously is yes. worse, but yes, it's it's similar. Very similar. And, and one of the things that I really do, and I stress to the supervisors that work for me, and I say, listen, follow up with your cops. Make sure they're okay. Make sure, you know, if they saw that dead baby or if they saw that gunshot, the, the gunshot victim with that crazy car accident, make sure mentally they're okay. You know, I everything all right? Like, you know, this profession, you want to be, you, you're the machismo and everything else. Like, you know, we're just humans under the badge. Like, that's what people fail to realize. Like, yes. we're just regular people. We're not robots. You know, we have our feelings. We, we laugh. How we far cry, away are robots? Else. Uh, you never know, man. Robots are kind of taking over, you know, everything. If you think about it, if you I was walking around stopping shop. Robot. Yeah. I was walking around the stop shop and I see this little like social distancing robot. I'm like, what is this thing? It's like walking no way. around. Yeah. Wow. You never seen that Maybe menace? Not. No. What? The big, the thing with the big bottom and the skinny, that thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What does it do? It like just goes around the store and like, it's like, oh, maintain social distancing, this, that. And it's just it, like, yeah, it, but it's not actually like keeping people away no, from each other. No, that's what it is. It used to be something else. It used to go around and 
maybe like tell people about sales or something, but now it turned it they they reprogrammed it and now it's a social distancing. Really? Yeah. But like, in my head, like imagine it. like this is a guy that comes in like, whoa, you're our <laughs> That's what I, hey, when you it. said that, when you said a robot, I'm like, this thing's yeah. pushing people around. I almost wanna say I wanna say the one in stop and shop used to it might still, it rolls around with like the circular and like now it has like antibacterial wipes and shit like that. Yeah, it has this, uh, yep, it has that. You here's the move. I don't know if I should be saying this because my millions of dollars will be like. <laughs> but police officers should turn to robots that are remote controlled, right? You guys are watching through the camera, whatever. And then if, let's say they see something they don't like, like freeze, stop, and the guy doesn't like stop. It shoots like a fucking tag into them. And then real cops come and track them down like, yo, dude, we have the rest of you that's, now. That's pretty, uh, it's a pretty wild concept. You know, I'd be all for it. What do yeah. you mean? Nobody's getting hurt. Jeff Bezos. And if you got fucking shot with a fucking tag. Jeff you Bezos. Get out, like, and- you're like, fuck, they're coming for me. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos are all over that one menace. You can yeah. kill yourself, I guess. So I think that's uh, pretty well. I mean, I've seen uh, just not too long ago we had a uh, you know a shooting where uh, the special operations units they deployed a robot dog, which I've never seen before. I thought it was pretty. Cool. I think I heard of this. Well, well yeah, they have the bomb. Cool. They have the the robot bomb things, right? At this point, yeah. We, they, I've seen I've seen you know they they deploy robots like any type of like a barricaded situation. Uh, and it's got cameras, speakers, stuff like that. It's it's really cool where technology has gotten to it. Imagine that. being a cop back in the – granted, the bombs were probably less, but being a cop back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and you had to go in yeah. and fuck with Nerves that bomb. steal, man. Or either. No, I think steal. I got cut off. I, I've had this pulled up on my phone for a while. I even like put it in front of the camera. Yeah, what would you put in front of the camera before? A Portland – I don't know if this is true or not. It's on the New York Post on Instagram. <laughs> A Portland politician who called the cops over an argument with her Lyft driver dispute her support for the defund the police movement now says she acted out of fear of white supremacists. Interesting. It's, uh, I, guess I that's love it. Like defund the police. And like, uh, I got a problem. Yeah. Well, here's um, the thing. You know, I, 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 uh, Menace, have you ever dialed 911? No. I have never in my life dialed 911. Neither have I. Do I think the police should be defunded? No fucking chance. Like, do I want, like, anything that any which way you can pitch of the police not being there? And I've had bad instances with police, but I still think there's a need for police. Like, that's just com- know, common no sense. Offense. I don't think I need police, but I think the general public does. I hear you. And you know what? I hear that all the time and I'm perfectly fine with, like I said, it's, it's the police are there. It's a necessary thing. And a lot of people do there for my mom, my grandmother. And and that's, that's the things that people, they fail to talk about. You know, they, they kind of, they go into specific incidents and situations, and then and that's what they use to call for, you know, a quote-unquote defunding or what have you. Like, it's not 
I don't take it like that. I don't when it when when I hear defund the police, I don't think take it as you know get rid of them. I take it you know as they want those resources. Again, everyone's definition is different. I and, and this is coming from my conversation. This is the first I'm ever hearing of like you, anything other than like less cops. Continue. Yeah, it's it's. I've definitely heard it where they're like, you know what, we want the funds that because people think we make millions of dollars, which we don't. They want to take that money and they want to invest it in other uh, social programs and stuff in these communities that are really impacted the most by crime and what have you. So that I think that's that's how I take it, and that's based off my conversations alone. Not, I I forget know, the, the, I forget where it was. It might have been Michigan or somewhere in Detroit or Minnesota, or whatever. Um, where they were saying defund the police altogether. Might have been California even. They were like, get rid of the police and we'll or come Portland? up. Portland? Maybe Portland and somewhere. And they were like, we'll come up with something new. I mean, it, is that realistic? I mean, it's I, not. I believe, what was it? Portland was a whole, uh, what was that thing called? They Ch- Chaz. The, uh, yeah. Time, let's, say, let's say they're like, all right, please, no more. Over time, they would have, they would probably call them something different, but they would have a body of people doing exactly what the police do. Yeah, that's like, what yes. are you going to come up with? You're going to come up with the same fucking plan. Now, listen, I, be I, called you know, tellers, I, tattletales. I, <laughs> I wouldn't point, like I said, there's, there's so many things that uh, have got us to this point. You can't place the blame on a single entity or agency or person, place a thing. Um, you know, I, I think there's been a time where they quote unquote remove funds and they place them in social work. They place a lot of uh, funds in social type work to, you know, uh, bring people that are not cops to work with those that are mentally ill dealing with, you know, whatever illnesses they're doing. And the problem is that a lot of, uh, you know, mental illness calls that we have get very dangerous, very quick. Um, and weapons are produced within a second. And next thing you know, the police are th- they need to be there. Um, you know, and I think that's what people fail to understand. It's just really, I think, you know, people just aren't doing their own research. I want to say, I think it's just, they're kind of regurgitating stuff that they may hear from either their friends or the news and stuff like that. When you, if you actually look into, uh, you know, what's going out there, you can kind of see, you know, just like Stan said, or, and just menace alluded to, like you kind of history repeats itself and you're just going to have that revolving door where it all comes back and now the police are kind of handling uh you know those things that they didn't want them handling in the first place so so speaking of history this is my take on things i mean yes generations change people feel more entitled to things da, 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 but this shit has been going on like how for Ever, right? And I'm on, like, when I see these people getting shot by police and like, yo, hands up, like, whoa, like, put the knife down. They're being attacked, like, for me, it's like, yeah, I would have pulled the trigger, like, nine seconds ago. Like, actually, like, seven minutes ago, you know? Um, yeah, this these things have probably happened over time. What's happening really is camera phones. And things being whatever, you know, and now people are like, "Eh, eh, eh, eh." it's just, well, camera phones. Wait, 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 
camera phones, but also whatever narrative they want to push. I guarantee you right. that they have two videos in front of them. One is a white guy being shot. One's a black guy being shot. And they, and I'm not saying this is every time, but I'm saying there's definitely been an instance where they're going to go with the one that seems more salacious or appealing to their news narrative or what could get headlines and shit like that. Like that's how the news works. And then they don't right. realize they don't realize the trickle down effect that something like that could happen. Like they're just trying to get ratings and it's going to turn into Ferguson or, you know, areas of the country like that, that wind up in complete chaos because the police killed someone coming at them, you know? Right. And then, and then backing up off of that, my parents, my grandparents, my teacher, my principal, police officers are, that's probably the handful of people that I'm like, what? Sorry, sorry. Like, what'd you say? Respect. Get my first. I'm sorry. Okay, you're you're superior to me. Not not necessarily superior, but just like you're not a. I su- I re- yeah. you. You're not a superior person, but I respect you. I understand that. Yes. What did I do wrong? Yeah. You know. You know, like. I could definitely agree with that. Um, just to your point about camera phones, I think that definitely uh, escalated a lot of things because it does give the appearance that these things are happening all the time. Well, they edited too. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. And a lot of you know allegations that being made, not even just shootings, just things in general, things that happen out there. Um, you know, a lot of the times, the clip that gets out there is an edited clip. It just goes right into the confrontation, what have you. But you don't have what's leading up to it and everything exactly. else that's happened to it. Right. So now. Um, you know, I just think it's, it's a combination of things. And, and yeah, maybe the media is fueling a lot of it. Um, but again, like, like for ratings, right? For money at the end of the day. Right. But who's who's affected by it the most at the end of the day? It's the people that are out there and the people that are doing this job and the people in the community that are, you know, they're really, uh, they're victims. They're victims. There's some serious criminals out there that are doing uh a lot of bad stuff and they need us and they know they need us and they're outright and supportive. And that's the narrative that you don't really see on the media. You don't see people like, Oh, thank the police. Like I can't tell you, uh, you know, with the whole pandemic and everything that was going on, the amount of, um, you know, people showing their support and sending food and stuff to the priest and like, Hey, thank you guys for your service. And like that, they would never put that out there because it's not like, you know, Dennis and, and, and what, what, Sam, what you guys are saying, like, it's not going to sell. It's not, it's not a sexy story. Like I call it, it's just not, you know, it's not something people want to hear. They want to see that, that confrontation. They want to see those incidents because they know that's going to spark the beat. That's going to get the emotions high. And when emotions high, like I mentioned, rationale is low. But the so. thing is, when those fucking people show up, the the CEOs of these fucking big corporations door, will that change? You know what I'm saying? Which they live in these, they know where the fuck they live within their gated communities where like, and they live there for a fucking reason. Right. You know? And, you know, and, and you're making a lot of good points that many people or a lot of people don't actually think for themselves. So like you can see the big picture, you can kind of read through, uh, you know, the, I don't know if it's uh, the motives. I don't know what the right word is, but you know, you can kind of see, it's like, all right, they're in support of this because they're not personally affected by it. And until they're personally affected by it, then maybe they could truly understand the effects of what they're actually doing and, and 
all, all the, um, the impact of that, you know, the negative press and everything else says, like, whereas if you just turn around and just start talk, talking about, you know, positive things that are happening and positive, uh, you know, interactions. And that's really a part of the big reason why I kind of got off social media is because, you know, I started, everyone was just fighting. Everyone had you know, to debate everything. You know, it went from, Hey, you know, look, my kid did this to, to, Oh, you know, it was either, you know, election talk. It was this, that, the other, like, I just didn't want to see it anymore. And it was like, you know what, let me remove myself from that. You know, if I don't see it, I don't need to worry about it. You know, I'm good. Yeah. My family first and foremost, you know, I'm at work. I don't see any of that stuff at work. And like I said, it, it's we're getting a lot of a tremendous support from our community members and stakeholders there. And they know the work that we do. They know we all have families. We have, we're all invested. And the cops that work for me, they do tremendous work. They go out there. They're never going to be like that cop that you mentioned, you know, that called into Hot 97. Like, oh, you know, we were told to stand down. Nobody's ever told anybody that. So, you know, I, that, I would call BS on that. Nobody's ever told them to stand down. You know, yeah, there's things that have happened and you got to be a little more careful. Maybe laws have been passed, but that's never stopped people from doing their job. And I can tell you, you know, I have cops out there that are making gun arrests, taking illegal firearms off the street every single day. And every bullet in that illegal gun is another life safe. And that's the stuff that's not out there. Well, yeah, even that's why I asked the question before, because that was the narrative that was put out was that the police were ordered to stand down, which then I did. I Or look the other way. Same thing. Yeah. Well, no, the, yeah, the, I, I, the pro- I've never seen that. I've never personally, you know, I can tell you we've never issued any type of order. I think that's ridiculous. I think, you know, we all have families that live in the city. You know, I have my grandmother lives in the city. The last thing I would want is a cop to turn away from my mother. My grandmother needs assistance. So. I would never do that to anyone. I would never tell anyone to do that. Yes. Well, we, we support Lido here at Menace of the Man. We support the police here. Even though we never call the police. I got to be honest. I never would. Like we said, <laughs> I don't think we need them. But I get it. I get it. Some Believe people me. do. I'm going to go upstairs and load my crossbow before I call the police. Yeah, listen, I, I completely get it. And, and you know what? You know what's also not sexy is supporting the police and the fact that you guys are doing it. And standing on your values, your core values, it, it yes. just it's it speaks a lot to you guys, and I, I wish I more people would actually do I, that. Yeah, don't. I'm like, I what? Yeah, there's a few douchebags. There's a few douchebags in everything. Well, yes. you, there's probably a douchebag in your fucking family. What do you mean? Like, there's yeah, probably an, a great philosopher who said it originally, but for me, it was Kyle Servanara said you should never speak in absolutes. And that pertains to so many different expressions, walks of life, whatever. Never speak in absolutes. Every cop is not the same. Every MMA fighter is not the same. Every whatever. Every black person, white person, Puerto Rican, Dominican, you know, everybody's not the same. So people can always make up their own mind and be different and come up with their own conclusions that everyone's not a piece of shit. So that's a great quote. And I'll, I'll piggyback on that. I mean, I think, you know, people want to express their opinions and stuff. And it's like, oh, you know, all cops are bad, this, that, and the other. But if it was the other way around, they would be outraged. And, you know, for, with our, our profession, you know, we, we we understand people want to voice their opinions and stuff like that. And I always tell people, don't get baited. Don't take stuff personal. They're going to say they want to kill your family, your children, this, that, and the other. 
like as long as they're not in your face doing you know in, in, in your personal space and, and do or committing crimes or anything like that like they're, they're upset let them speak their mind they're not talking to you they're talking to the uniform they have no idea who you are where you live this that, and the other like let them vent their frustrations and nine times out of ten I would say even more times than that, like pretty much every single time they walk away after they given the opportunity to, to, you know, vent. So, yeah, I guess I've, I've done that on two occasions. Like sometimes I'll be talking to someone that I'm talking to someone on something I'm very educated about. And they're just in the opposite, like almost like they're trying to fuck with me, like talking about the opposite thing I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm like, you're an idiot. I can't get mad at you because you are actually an idiot. So like that'd be me. I'd be downgrading myself by like going to your idiocy and trying to like convince you that like, Hey, what, what don't you see? Like, no, you're an idiot. Okay. You got your opinion. I can't even like, I can't even argue with you. You're, you're that dumb. I think at and this point, uh, you're that dumb. I can't even get mad about it because I think at this point, it's very difficult to change people's opinions on stuff. You know, I think regardless of what the topic is, you know, kind of people, uh, you know, dig into the sand and, and, you know, just, you know, when, when uh, Stan quoted Kyle and saying that, you know, you can't speak in absolutes, like really you don't dig into the sand on any type of ideology because things change, you know, you, yeah, you may feel, a certain way about something now but that may change given off you know facts or stuff that you learn later on it's like man i really had this wrong or you know what i can see what the other person was saying but you know i think we really need to do better as a society just be more understanding that most people aren't going to change their minds and this is kind of like you know what agree to disagree and you're better off that way than just getting into a heated debate discussion that you know never ends well so Yes, well, Lito, luckily we have you out there. You're one of the good ones, but we'll let you get to the family. You don't watch any fighting anymore, so we're not going to pick your brain on MMA. We'll just keep up with the... I, uh, I wish I did. I, I tell you, it's a resolution for, for the next year. I, I got to get back into it. I, it's something that I truly enjoy. Oh, Menace the Man, and we'll keep you up to date. All right, like, that's, me- that sounds great. That's Menace, I used to invite Lito to like every fight. I've invited you to numerous fights. Lito. Yeah, you did. You have. You every have. every time I had an extra ticket, I was like, Lito, you want to come? He always had work. Always working. Always and that's a hundred percent fact. Every Friday, Saturday night, I'm working. Yeah. Uh, very rarely do I have a Friday, Saturday night off. It just comes with the territory. Comes where where I work. You just believe me. You you know me. I would be there in a in a heartbeat. Um, but you know, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. Just like you know, I'm, I'm finally I'm happy. I'm able to kind of sit down, catch up with you guys. Uh, this has been, been a very tremendous, tremendous uh, conversation. You guys know how I feel about you. I mean, you know, I love you guys. You really guys just really, uh, you know, I always go back to my training days and I remember those those times, everything that I learned about myself, um, getting my ass kicked by you guys. So, you, um, you, I will give you that you maybe tapped me at one time, but who would you <laughs> tap out for, me or Stan? He never tapped me out. Yeah, so I'm going to go with that incentive. That's one time. Because Stan was like, he was my, like, I couldn't, he killed You never tapped Stan out? Bro, that guy, I was fucking him. good, Menace. You he, slept on he me. He was good. I'm telling you, he was very good. I love Lito. Lito's like, what about me in my early days? I remember. I did before, when you were straight wrestling, 
that's that's the only time. But then you just like everything else, you just became ridiculous at it, and you it was just it was over. I remember the first. I remember. Yeah, that's the Stan. That's the only thing in your life you've ever beat me in. Is that how many times Little Gill? <laughs> Has what do you mean? What do you mean? How many times have I tapped you out versus how many times you tapped me out? Oh wow! Yeah. What you're insane right now. But even here, wait. <laughs> like I remember. So when Lido first Lido, came, Lido, Lido, well, you've been in the same room. Who'd you hear go? Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> More. Listen, Stan is is a very gritty, gritty. Like just that guy is very scrappy. He gets through, it. but you know what? Up. And that was that was his thing. <laughs> like, and I always said it. That was the only thing. That was the only thing holding him back, man. I really think because he smoked too much some great pot. Things. Yeah, if you gave me menace, if you gave me menace round round one and two, menace was done. Yeah. Menace was oh, done. Done. There you go. Done. <laughs> I don't know. Dennis used to come out like a ball of fire, man. Yeah, right, Stan. I'm I'm kidding. But even uh, so, Lido and me played little league together. And then I, re- I don't know how well Lido remembers it, but I remember vividly the first time that me and you met back up at Lima. It was like one of those, because like Lima opened up a few months before it opened up. And there was like a group like Lima me. Lima is short for Long Island MMA. Long Island MMA. So it was like me, Michelino, like a handful of guys that like trained before it opened up. And then it officially opened up. And I remember Lido coming in and us seeing each other and being like, I, I, I don't meet too many Lidos. You don't meet too many Stanleys. Yeah. Like we play yeah. Little League together. And I remember you being like, "This isn't gonna go." We slapped hands, and you went, "This isn't go- this isn't gonna go good, right?" And I went, "No, it's not." I've been doing this for a minute. Yeah, it's uh, like I said. I remember that just being a humbling experience. Dan's the worst guy you wanted to first go with because he's trying to prove himself. No, yeah. not at all. This time, I'll fuck around with you. We'll have a good time. No, I just had experience like, on him. Yes, you but, will never want to do this again. But I knew I'm Steven Seagal. But I knew Lido was an athlete, so I probably did put it on him because I was like, "All right, I remember yeah. this kid. I remember this fucking kid." I rode the I bench. Just gotta have potential. I rode the I bench. Put it on early. Wait, wait. So since his, I rode. <laughs> I rode the bench in Little League. This kid started. This kid made the All Star team. Like this kid, I remember yeah. this fucking guy. Is it yeah, because he's Dominican? Those are my old, yeah. You know, you're born with these skills, the baseball skills. You know, it's not you can't do anything yeah. about that. When you're Dominican, you come out of the womb, and it's like you're a second baseman. That's it. You know, I already <laughs> was fielding ground balls. You know, before I was walking. So you're an infielder. It just happens. Oh, but, but yeah, we- it's just uh, going back to those those days, man. Like I said, it just shout out to Ryan and those are better and times. Huh? Oh, it's much better times. Different. Look at this um, bullshit. Just like everything else, man. Life changes, but you kind of. But wait, wait, oh, wait. There were. I, I got to say though, there COVID's were. It's going. Wait, before that, there were many times where Lido did grab a grip on a Kimura, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like I'm about to, I'm fucked here, <laughs> and I wound up scrambling. Like Lido had that Kimura. Like I'm sure that's what he yeah. caught you with, Menace, right? I probably rolled into it. I'm saying though, yeah, if anything, I'm, that's like, definitely what it was. Because uh, that was my go. I, I rolled, but I should have spun. Yeah, that was my go. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I remember that being a move, though. Like, people always have their move. That was Lito's move. Lito was like, all right. I always want to. I I felt very comfortable with it. But, Menace, what did you say about COVID? I said, uh, I mean, can you give us any insight on where COVID's going, the laws, the restrictions, what, like... What do they tell you uh, about enforcing laws? Like, are you guys walking the streets, kicking people out like, of bars? Or... Away, motherfucker, I'll arrest you. 
Well, I think a lot of it's just, you know, it's really educational. I mean, you just go, depending on what groups are out there, listen, just you got to Yeah, but I said and- earlier, a lot of people are stupid. And I don't, like, I can't even get mad at you because you're stupid. There's a lot of people like that. Yeah. So you have to... But, the, you know, with me, personal personal experience, I, you know, I've never had an issue with people like F off this night. You know what? They're respectful. Uh, all right, no problem. Either they, you know, whatever it is. I'm not personally doing it, but I know these guys are, you know, they, it's more of the educational. Like, look, this like, is the reason the why they want this. Are there laws right now? Or it's just like, hey, practice six feet social distancing it's a gray area like are they wear your mask are they laws they're not really laws right yeah it really is a a gray area i mean there are executive orders in place that kind of you know we're able to enforce you know there's you know if you whatever it is the limit of people you know it's you only have this amount of people or less things like that but again i'm not personally seeing it in, in our area you know and if we do it's correct and majority of people is like all right no problem we don't want any issues and then we just move our separate ways so but so where that misunderstanding that people have where they're like this isn't a law there's executive orders in place right now that make it a law right just like the uh the face mask you know there's an executive governor's order out there that you know people have to wear the mask and that's really where that started you know and it's kind of become a, a national mandate type of deal where everyone's wearing them everywhere you go so um, you know, I, I guess executive orders. I mean, I'm not in the legal side of things, but once ele- executive orders are passed, they're, I guess, I, would, I don't know if they're legally binding. I wouldn't even call it that, but, you know, we're able to enforce them. So, not yet. We might be running Lido against uh, Andrew Cuomo in 2021 or 2022, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know about that, man. Po- I don't think politics is for me, man. I, if, if anything, I would love to just go back to a simpler life where I can get back onto the mats. And, we just, we just know, need you to smile. We just need you to smile and t- and talk yeah, you got and be nice. Hair, yeah. You're tan. Oh yeah. Not, yeah many stars. Uh, right, you got my. <laughs> you, you got my vote. Yeah, listen, you guys are uh, fantastic. I love the confidence. It's a good confidence boost. So, all right, I mean, yeah. I'll still beat your ass, but so we'll try to arrange this Actually, again, I Lito. Beat your ass these days, like I love it. Nah, I'd be like, thank you. Depends for that. where we are. Like, if we're in Long Island, yeah. May, like, fine. Yes, as soon as yeah. out the door. Yeah, if we're like, if I'm in like official capacity, that's property, motherfucker, right? Yeah. It's like, Dennis, please don't do this right now. I'm in, I'm working in uniform. <laughs> Let's go back to the match. That's it. We'll do it there. We'll take care of that. That's it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Menace was like, I think he's coming in uniform. I was like, really? We thought well, no, you were because in. You, I wouldn't, you I messaged me that. like, hey, I'm home. Send me a yeah. link whenever. I'm like, oh, we might get him in uniform. Yeah, no, I wouldn't on something like this. I would have to get pre-authorization and approval oh, before wow. if I was in uniform. So um, that's why I said I'm like I just wanted to make sure you know I ran it by you to make sure everything was on squared up before then. So yeah, all right. Well, hopefully we didn't cross any lines. We definitely didn't say no, anything. No, not at all. Not at all. I think we had a great conversation, and I, I think these conversations need to be had on, from both sides of the table. You know, I think that's how we really move on. So can yes. you get us a criminal on here next week? Um, you know, that's, that's you, a fine line. Can you, wait, that. wait, can, can, love, I would love to get a criminal on here. Can you yeah. fake, can you go to Manhattan Correctional or wherever it is where they're holding Ghislaine Maxwell and FaceTime us? <laughs> <laughs> Who? Yeah, I don't, I don't have, I don't have that kind of juice, so. The, um, Jeffrey Epstein's chick, the one who they're holding. Yeah. Oh, the girlfriend. Wow. 
I forget where they have her. I think in Brooklyn Correctional. That's, or a, Man- that's a whole crazy story in of itself. So yeah, that's a whole nother people out there. That's a whole nother hour and a half of podcasting. But yeah. we're, don't be a stranger, leader. We'll definitely do this again because, like, me and Menace always yeah. have. Like, we try to get Rich on whenever we have questions pertaining to politics. We definitely want to get you on, even if it's for a short time, whenever we have questions pertaining to, you know, what's yeah, going on absolutely. with New, what's going on with New York. What's going on in NYC? Yeah. Yeah. NYC is, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy times right now, but we'll, we'll uh, you know, we'll battle back. We'll get back to it eventually. Got yes. But Lito, we'll let you get to the family. Are you going to watch Tyson versus Roy Jones this weekend? I am actually. I'm actually taking off this Saturday for the first time. And I don't know how long, so I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. It's bringing me back to my childhood to see Mike Tyson back in the ring. Yeah, it'll be a good one. But they're crazy rules, though. Nobody's going to win. And I was hearing today that they're they're not allowed to knock each other out. Yeah, good luck. Once uh, Tyson gets punched and he loses it. No, not Dana White. Andy, Someone said it to Dana White, but Andy Foster, the head of the California State Athletic Commission, said it. And he said before the fight, he's going to go into the locker room and talk to both of them and tell them, listen, if you guys start going. All go- I say is good luck with that. <laughs> if, if you guys start going too hard, I'm going to slow you guys down. I don't know, man. I think they're at that age now where – out of here. No. Yeah. Dennis, if you if you go back into the Like, the I've done, like, 50% sparring. Yeah. Stan, you know how many times I've done 50% sparring and this guy's, like, jabbing me? I'm like, if this is your 50%, you should <laughs> yeah. be a world champion because – That's it. And then that's when you just take it to the next level, and that's, that's what's yeah. going to happen. They're like, whoa, 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 guys, slow down. Easy. All right. Yeah. Good luck. Well. Good luck with that, especially with Mike Tyson. We'll see. But either way, I'm excited to see him back in. The- I tell you what, if this turns into like a legit like fight, play fight, I'm gonna be pissed. It, 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 it <laughs> might <laughs> like oh, and like hey, dude, uh, all yeah, right. No, I hope not. Like Please, no. oh, like oh, you yeah. paid for this? Gotcha, got ya. And they touch no. gloves. But we'll see. Wow. Which. But Lito, you know I'd be disappointed if that happened. So I'm, hopefully not. I'm glad to see you doing good. You look great. I'm glad to hear the family doing good, beating the COVID. Nobody's had anything like that, right? Yeah, no, thank God. No, thank you. I definitely appreciate you guys, man. Well, then, and, you know. And keep putting up the good fight and keep, uh, you're one of the good ones. So the way I said, don't speak in absolutes. This is a cop right here, a law enforcement employee who you could hold to a higher standard. He's definitely just. After the show, if you need to know what address to send the PBA cards, we'll let you know. <laughs> yes. I still got – listen, I got you, man. Don't Just worry kidding. about it. Just I kidding. Got you. Oh, Just bro, kidding. The way, how high up he is, he probably has extra ones sitting in a drawer right now. I got I got some. I got some with your name on it. But, Lito, we don't want to – we'll keep you all night. So, I'm trying to get you off here. So, we'll let you get back to the I family. It. Thank you, brother. Next time, come on. Bring some beers or some – what do you drink? To keep, what, what, what is our spe- oh, Dominican beer? Scotch, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like Rom Burgundy, a man with some class. That's it, man. I'm class act. I bet you his house smells like fucking books. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I don't know about all that. What's what's he saying? He's like, yeah, smells like burgundy. It smells of of rich mahogany. Yeah, it's mahogany. Yes, yeah. but Lito, don't be a stranger, brother. We'll stay in touch, and uh, we'll Thank definitely you. get you back Thank on soon. Thank you. Thank Listen, you guys. And if you need to voice out, 
anything you need to say, reach out to any of us. We would love to hear it. Yes. Say that again. If there's anything you need to voice out, don't be afraid to reach out to us. We'd love to hear it. I got you, brother. Thank you. Hey, look, thanks again, man. This is a great, great uh, conversation we had, so I appreciate it. I like it, dude. Uh, I like it. Oh, always a pleasure, Lito. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. Be good, fellas. Thank you. Lito, goodbye. Big fan of that guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. For a second there, I was like, is he going to shut off his phone? He knew how to do it, though. I was, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, man, does he know how to do it? Um, let's go over the card real quick, and then I go to bed very fast. Um, I mean, can we talk about how I scored 100 on this past card? On the main card, you did, yes. Caitlin, wow. Caitlin looked amazing. Awesome. awesome. She stopped the takedown, and it was just like – because I had been there before where I've like my thing, my shit was taking people down and we got stopped. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I just went like, I went me like, fuck it. Like, I got to make this work, you know. Um, but has. Oh, what's her thing? Oh, why am I drawing a blank for her name? Cynthia. Has Cynthia not taken someone down before? No, I feel like she takes everyone down. Yeah. Like that's her style. That's what I thought this fight might wind up. And but- the thing is, is like, if I didn't take someone down, but I was striking them, I'm like, I'm cool with this too. It's when like you can't take someone down and you're getting out, outstruck where you're like panic mode. Caitlin looked you know? good. And then even after looked the fight, awesome. something we saw today, Caitlin and Lauren Murphy talking shit back yes. and forth. Well, Lord, that's well. I don't. Right. I don't think was Blomfighter saying anything back. Blomfighter sent that picture of her with her hands raised. She, that's, but she didn't say anything. That's a picture's worth a thousand words. That girl was like, "Why would I fight Caitlyn Chukagian?" And Caitlyn Chukagian was like, "Cause I already beat you, bitch." What are you talking about? Mm. What do? You, what are you talking about? I already fucking beat you. I thought that picture was already attached to. And then. Maybe no, 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 no. That was Caitlyn's pic. Caitlyn posted that picture, but then even um, like she tried to say that she beat a champion or a title contender already. She beat Andrea Lee, Andrea Lee, in a very close competitive fight that I thought Andrea Lee won, split decision, and then she beat Roxanne Modafferi. Roxanne's good. Is Roxanne better than Cynthia Calvillo? No chance. You know, like. I'm sorry, but it's not like granted. And, but her excuse not to fight Caitlyn was like she got finished Val- twice in one Bro. year. Like, hang on, hang on, hang on. You didn't finish her. You lost to her. So if she's that shit of a fighter, she's ranked above you. Why wouldn't you fight her and get the rank and an easy fight then? Bro, Valentina and what's her name are finishing Lauren Murphy. Valentina and Andrage. We got to get Lauren Murphy on. I gotta and and Lauren Murphy's tough, but I don't think she's that level. She's not ready for, like, stylistically, Caitlyn beats her. She's, she, hang on. Lauren Murphy is, oh, fuck. Who's the guy I lost to? First guy. Lauren Murphy is Darren Elkins tough. Yeah, she's tough. <laughs> she's really tough. Yes, but 
But same thing. He's the Darren Elkins of the women's division. Same thing with Darren Elkins. Toughness will only get you so far. When you meet the, unless you steal a split decision from Dennis Bermudez, when you meet the upper echelon guys, you're not going to win those fights. Like I don't think Lauren Murphy beats the top. Well, and I'm not an upper echelon guy. I think you're underselling yourself. I think that that was maybe an off night, and I think before that fight, you were hovering around an upper echelon guy. I think on some nights, yeah, I'm an upper echelon night, but... Yeah, you were a a top 10 guy who on any given night could have beaten probably most of the guys in the top 10, if not, you know, an any given night type of situation. But amazing performance by Caitlin. I think she beats Lauren Murphy in a rematch. Lauren Murphy, you, you sound stupid. The last girl you beat, it was her UFC debut. And before that, you beat Roxanne Modafferi. So the line for you starts behind Caitlin. Listen, I don't want to be too biased. I would like to have her on the show just to see. Well, remember, I, I, I don't want to. I want to be bipartisan too. But remember, I think it was you I talked to. Remember, after she won, she started her last fight. She started going, "I want a title shot. My next fight will be a title shot." And everyone was like, "Who the fuck did she just beat? Like, what are you talking about? You just yeah. beat, you just beat Jill fucking Bell." I, I get her angle. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. You know what? I'm two massives deep. I'm just gonna. You know what? I'm gonna crack open my next my next massive, and I'm just gonna say it. You're not hot, Lauren Murphy. You're not attractive. You're the butterface girl of the 125 division. Oh my God, Stan! What the fuck? I think you're a great fighter. I probably get drunk and fuck you because you do have an amazing body, but your face is not there. So. The UFC is not going to want to market that. Shoot me straight, Menace. Are you telling me I'm a liar right now? She. You think she, UFC is going to go, Lauren Murphy, you won two fights, title shot. Lauren Murphy is going to have the five or six fight to get to a title. They're not going to give her a title shot after that. They don't want her to be champion. No chance. Well, I mean. Bro, if I tell you what, they will pick. If, they will if pick. Valentina, they will pick Valentina every girl. What she's doing, they might be like. I mean, we don't. Re- yeah, I guess. Go ahead, take a shot. They will pick every girl around the top fifteen, other than Lauren Murphy for for uh, for a. Well, they do have the. Listen, I've had it hard. I was a drug addict. I changed my life. I don't want. I'm not trying to be a dick. Uh, you know. And even that, it'll come back one day where people are like, look at you. I don't give a shit. I don't claim to be the best looking guy. Never said I was. Never claiming I am. Never claiming I'm the, you know, just saying. Marketability wise, casual fan perspective, what I look at when I see TV, if I'm a, a, a casual fight fan tuning in, I turn in, oh my God, who the fuck is this bitch? If she was like knocking people unconscious though, for a minute. Okay, then, okay. But- Start start knocking people out. Cyborg. I'm just, I'm and, just and, trying and, to see and, if you would be okay with that. I would. She'd be Cyborg 2.0. Oh, she's wait, wait. submitted every girl. I'm Wait, and I'm I'm okay with Lauren Murphy as a fighter. I'm sure she's a great person. I'm just saying, attractive-wise and marketability-wise, she's cringeworthy. Does she have fake boobs? Yeah, I think so. But marketability-wise, she's not a solid bet for the UFC. And appearance-wise... 
casual fan perspective, I don't want to see that. Why was Ronda such a big star? Because she was hot. Why was he also finished people? Granted, a let's, ma- let's no, hang, no, no. listen, hang on. listen. You cut the line to great, get to a title. Great fighter. Never lose, or you finish people. Great fighter, yes. But what made her a superstar was she was attractive. So here we go. Lauren Murphy could become champion. The division will flatline. Not throwing shade, but do you know who the worst selling UFC pay per views in history are in the modern era? Demetrius Johnson? Nope. Uglier. All right, wait, less attractive. I'll be PC sensitive. Less attractive to the casual community. Amanda Nunes. I'll just say it. Amanda Nunes. I'm sure she's a good. Really? I'm sure there's some people out there who find. Numbers are lower than. Lower than Demetrius's. I'm sure there's people out there who find her gorgeous. I'm sure she's a gorgeous woman. She destroys people, though. Cyborg wasn't that big of a draw either, I don't think. Nobody wants to see that. You know, the. the You know what? Listen. If, if you're wait, wait, I, wait, wait, and even MMA, nobody I, women's MMA because of how good or n- not good looking they are, like get the fuck out of here. Watch be, something else. Go watch. You'd be surprised how many people probably. No, are. I know. Unfortunately, and so listen. It, that's that's a bonus. But here, here's a, and I'm not trying to be a total dick. I'm just saying that as my argument for it. Who is the most marketable woman in MMA? Paige Van Zandt, right? Is she the best fighter? No. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but Karate Hottie's better looking than her, I think. Is she the best fighter? She's better. But I'm saying she's... No, so if Paige is number one, Karate Hottie's number two, is she the best fighter? No. Even it equates to... I, hang on. I think Karate Hottie is a better fighter and better looking. And I don't think she was getting what Paige was getting in terms of money. Um, I'd have why to, do you think Paige isn't in the UFC anymore? It might have been close. Karate Hottie gets per- paid pretty good, I think, because she, she came wasn't getting Paige money. No, I think I remember not Dana White. I remember my manager telling me like, "There's, there's two divas in the UFC. One of them is a champion. The other one's not." <laughs> so was that Ronda and Paige? Yes. I could see that. Like, they're, like, fucking... It, it was tough working with them because they knew how many how many followers they had, how much a draw they had. I think um, there's three Divas in the UFC. I think Connor could be put in that category as well. For a male perspective, from a, as a male, Connor knows what he brings to the table, so he goes, no, not doing that. And they go, um... All right, well, be- still was a champion at one point in two different weight classes. So, oh, so you're even using the example of like how high Paige was able to get with her looks, if you right, will. Right, right. But that's what I'm saying. That's a real thing. So you're telling me, Lauren Murphy, maybe if there's no one else, but they're not. They'll give Caitlyn a title shot before they give Lauren Murphy a title shot. Yeah, no, I'm not arguing that. I'm just, I'm just off uh, of off of looks alone. Well, of merit, it's a competitive argument because Caitlyn has a win over her. And like I said, Lauren Murphy doesn't have the the wins. But we're spending a lot of time on this Lauren Murphy character. I mean, you had your you just cracked your third massive. That's why. Yeah. I gotta go to bed in like five minutes. 
but UFC 255 was good. Other than that fight, what was the other one? Don't even really care, do you? I told you Tim Means would win. You told me Tim Means would win. That was a close fight, though. That, yeah. was, that was competitive. And then Valentina looked like she had a little problems in the second round, but nothing major. And then that Figueredo guy is a fucking killer. I would love to see Demetrius come back and see. Because Demetrius wasn't ever like, Test. you're not the champion anymore. It was just like, ah. Well, they traded him. I know. But like. Oh, man. That'd be a good trade to get back, though, right? <laughs> I mean, they got they got some good work out of Ben Askren. Yeah, but the, the thing is, like, they do that trade. Demetrius comes back, smashes him. And then, like, okay, who's next? I mean, I'm going to be here for a while. Like, well, we're going to shut down that weight class. <laughs> we just got you back. You want to move up 35? You want to bump up? But uh, what was this week? Or, or I mean, I, I don't think it's very real at all. There was like, hey, Henry, you want to go back and get that belt? This guy's a problem. Henry said, show him the money. He's going to need a lot of money because I heard he was like 170 right now. He looks it. I see. I saw a picture. He has a new, I guess. So we got to get him back on too. So I saw you saw he was posting for a minute how he was posting a bunch of pictures with a girl and everyone kept saying that was his first girlfriend ever in his life. Oh, I don't know. I, I, well, he was going along with it and saying like my first girlfriend ever and apparently they broke up and then recently he's been on the beaches with some new girl who's like six inches taller than him, hot. So, yeah. who knows what Henry Cejudo's doing? He's like we we spoke to him last time. He just have to have confidence. Got to have that confidence. He he's got little dick energy, but or big dick energy on a little guy. What uh, what car we have coming up? Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis. I think that's a tough night for Derek Lewis. Listen, Derek Lewis is a homie. I like him a lot. I like the guy. Love Derek Lewis. Uh, I think just on paper, stylistically, it definitely favors Blades. Who's been on Menace and the Man? Curse Blades. Curse Blades. Yep. But I think uh, it's a tough night for Derek right, Lewis. Right, don't we owe him like a pair of J- Jordans? Cliff does. Cliff never yeah. sent them there, but we'll, we'll vi- revisit that one day. Yeah. But Rachel Ostovich versus Gina Mazzani. Who do you think is going to win that one? Rachel won on my retirement night, so I'm going Rachel. Rachel lost on your retirement night. Rachel's going to lose again. Yeah, she lost to Paige Vincent. Oh, that's right. Uh, Ashley Evan Smith is going to beat some girl up. Yep. Shout out to Ashley. Sex and violence with Rebel Girl. The girl who she's fighting, Norma Dumont Viana. Uh, I told you was the one who came in and got knocked out by uh, Megan, Megan, Anderson. A- Megan Anderson. So that's a tough night for her. And then we don't know anybody on the main card other than the co-main event. Our past guest, Devin Clark, big step up in competition fighting Anthony Smith. Big step up in competition. I think this is Anthony Smith. Too. Uh, what was what was Devin Clark's last fight? Anthony Smith is jumping in on short notice. 
Uh, Devin Clark's last fight was that guy Townsend. The sh- and think- he won? Or no, uh, Alonzo Menafield was his last fight, and he won. And Menafield was 9-0 and or 10-0, and so he was like a prospect, and Clark beat him. But Decision. Decision. I'm going to go Devin Clark in that one, or I'm going to root for Devin Clark, but it's a tough fight. Anthony Smith's tough. I know Devin Clark's game is the ground. Yeah, I would I would like to see Devin Clark win because he's – A friend of know, the show. Friend of the show. Um, and I tell you what, I, I, I say this all the time. It's, it's easier to fight up to somebody than it is to fight down to somebody. Yes, and we've spoken about it too where – once you hit that point, some guys, and again, no shade to you, but like for you, once you were like, I'm this far away from being a champion, I'm done. You checked out a little bit. Like, Well, when I was playing someone that wasn't getting me close to the title, that was a big name. It was like, Ugh. Exactly. So for Anthony Smith right it's now. It's tough to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning of you know to run. Is Anthony Smith checked out right now? You know what I mean? This isn't that big fight. That- it's just a quick payday. That he was probably he's looking for. Thinking. That he was probably looking for. You know, he's coming off. I think I want to say his last fight was that Glover fight, where he got fucked up. Yeah, was fucking Glover up, but then got fucked up. But I'm gonna Maybe go. He's been doing something. Who knows? Well, so I mean, you got Curtis I'm Blades or Derek Lewis in that main event. Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades all day. Yep. All right, and then uh, so Tyson versus Roy Jones is going to be an exhibition, but. Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson. Are you gonna are you gonna watch the fights this week this weekend? Possibly. Somehow. Okay. Well we'll see what happens with Jake Paul and Nate Robinson. Who do you think is gonna win that one? So one thing that Logan Logan Paul, right? Yep. I no. believe he was like a J- state champion. Jake Paul. This is the brother. He was a wrestler too, but not a champion. Oh. And I don't think, I don't know if Logan was a state champion. I think he placed in states. I have to double check, but I think he wrestled at a D2 or D3 college too. So he's he's, really? he's an athlete. Yeah. I'm going to say being an NBA player and not like a bench guy is a different type of athlete. But fighter, I don't know. This it'll be interesting to see, because even like I've told you, you can hate on the YouTube guys, even KSI, Logan Paul, Jake Paul. They took it seriously. Like I've seen videos, they don't look horrible in their mitt work, and they seem like they're doing the right things. Like they're what idiot was calling out Floyd Mayweather? I think this dude. J- no, Jake. Jake or Logan, one of them. Like, took the W out because you're not going to get that. And, like, L because that's what you're going to get. Like, <sighs> why not, though? Are you? I I totally get it. Uh. I totally get it. Like, yeah, it's a big cash L. But, like, it's, it's, like, disrespectful almost. Very. Like, you spoke about with Rashad last week. It's. I put in years and years and years of hard work and you're just jumping in with your YouTube following because you made fucking stupid videos to jump into my game. But same thing with CM Punk. If you got the following, bring the eyes and 
Get the bag. Make the money. CM Punk. It's similar. It's similar. Put two years in. Like, he signed two years before he actually fought. So was the, like, um, I think Shannon yes, Briggs. these guys have been training. They have, but, like, listen, man. They're trying. But we'll figure it out. But two things I wanted this to. Thing about you two. Two things I wanted to talk about. We'll figure. We'll talk one of, about one of them more in depth. Well, both of them more in depth next episode. But Khabib posted, I'll see you soon, Dana White. I did see that. Maybe and they haven't stripped him yet. He's still in the USADA testing pool. So looks like we're gonna see Khabib again. That's what it's looking like. If you're reading at face value, yeah. we're gonna see Khabib again. Or maybe it'll be a commentator for the Russian Oh, you think they burn ESPN. You think they're trying to burn us on some dumb shit like that? Like oh, <laughs> like yo! Remember they did that with GSP one time. They did that with GSP. They were like GSP resigns with UFC, but he's gonna be doing like translating to fucking French. Yeah, they might be doing something like that. <laughs> but I don't know. Dana says he's coming back, and then the last thing before we get out of here, and we'll, I want to go deeper into it next episode. What's next for Jorge Masvidal? It seems like we haven't heard anything from Masvidal after the Usman fight. Some rumors of an ATS fight, but we haven't seen anything. Did you ever shoot a shot to Jorge Masvidal? Yeah. All right. Well, let's... I might have. Well, we'll figure... actually, I think I did. Well, we'll figure that out and try to make some moves for the next episode. I guess we'll decide if we want to call this a full one or a half one. That's your call. This is this has been the most serious episode we've ever had. Yeah, we didn't laugh too much. A little bit, and that's how you should market it. Like this, like that clip. Like this is the most serious episode we have ever had, and then like a highlight of it wasn't that serious. What do you mean? Was it that serious? How much did we really laugh? We were asking like, "Yo, this is bullshit." Bam, bang, bang. That's fucked up. Shouldn't do that. Well, I had funny talking points that I could have talked about. So here's some things that we'll laugh about right before we get out of here. You've seen AOC. You know her, right? No. You don't know who AOC is? No. The the girl from the Bronx, the politician. You know her if you've seen her. So the joke will go over your head. But anyway, I saw a picture of AOC's boyfriend and I know how she is. All she does is complain about shit. She's always in the news about some dumb shit. And I was going to joke and I was like, man, she probably just needs some good dick. Like she fucks like some like ugly fucking Homer Simpson ginger looking dude who's like balding. Like she definitely doesn't like you. Am I a Homer Simpson looking dude balding? No way, bro. I fucking you put... are ginger. I'm not ginger, but yes, you are. But I'm not saying she needs a dick for me, but I would give it to her. But. She's always complaining. She does not get good dick at home. She goes home and probably keeps complaining to her boyfriend. And there's no point where he ever tells her, like, just shut the fuck up and stop. Like, just, he just lets her keep yapping. And then she goes to work the next day. Yeah, but you don't know AOC, so you didn't get the joke. But then even, uh, I saw a, you won't won't laugh at the next one either because you have to see the commercial. But I saw, like, a commercial with, like, um, it was a commercial for schizophrenia. So you know what schizophrenia is, right? 
No, schizophrenia is like when you have like multiple personalities, like you're a fucking schizo. Like one second you're over here, then the next second you're flipping out about something else, okay. or like okay. it's like a crazy person who constantly switches how they're thinking. But uh, they had a commercial on for schizophrenia, and all the girls in the commercial were like super hot. And I was like, I would date any one of like this is a girl, like this is a hot girl. Every hot girl probably has schizophrenia. <laughs> and then I was like, man, why would they put such hot girls in the commercial? It was really uh, something to think about. All right. Well, we didn't laugh much this episode, like you said. Maybe next time. The most serious episode we've ever had. The Can you just serious. sign off on that? Why are you fighting it? Just I don't want to be that serious of a show. But yeah, we'll okay, call it. We'll, I gotta go. We'll call it that. It was good seeing you, Menace. All right. Well, see you later. <laughs>